How many of you have heard of Pablo Escobar? Who's Pablo Escobar? He's a drug lord, right? From 1975 to 1993, Pablo Escobar was one of the top drug lords in the world. Uh, and, and at the height of his criminal career, Pablo Escobar could do anything. Uh, he would be out in public and nobody would do anything. They knew he was a drug lord. Nobody would arrest him. No politician would stand up to him. Nothing. Why? Because Pablo Escobar lived by uh, a certain motto. And that was that everybody has a price. You just have to find out what theirs is. And so he was patient. And he found out what the price of the politicians were, what they would take, and he would bribe them. There were times when he was arrested, and he would sit and he'd figure out what the guard's price was, pay it, and a few days later he'd escape. He'd figure out what the price was uh, of uh, the guards on the borders of America, pay them, he'd bring his drugs right into America, and then he'd pay a banker to get the money back to him because everybody had their price. He just had to figure out what it was. When I heard that phrase earlier in the week, everybody has their price, you just have to figure out what theirs is, I was thinking that that had to be and has to be what Satan tells his demons every single day. Everybody has a price to sell out Jesus. You just have to figure out what theirs is. Be patient and figure out what theirs is. Today we are in our second week of scandal. And we are going to look at the betrayal. And, and, and when we think of the betrayal, who do we think of? We think of Judas, right? Uh, the one who took money to betray Jesus. And yet every single one of his disciples really betrayed him. As I mentioned in the, the children's devotion, each and every disciple said, I will never leave you, Jesus. And Jesus said, I'm, I'm telling you guys, tonight you're going you're gonna to desert and, and you're going to leave me. No, not me, not me. And each and every one of them left Jesus. But tonight, or tonight, today, we're focusing on Judas. And we're looking at Judas Iscariot and how he sold out on Jesus. When you think of Judas, uh, you think of a bad guy, don't you? You don't think of a generally a good guy. In fact, uh, we, we don't associate Judas with uh, good at all. That's why nobody names their kid Judas these days. I'm pretty sure since Judas Iscariot, nobody has been named Judas since then. But Judas wasn't always a bad guy. Have you ever stopped to think that Jesus, when he picked his 12 disciples, could have picked any 12 that he wanted? He could have picked anybody. And yet, who was part of that 12? Judas. And there wasn't a single disciple that said, wait a minute, Jesus, wait just a second. Judas, I'm not so sure about. Nobody said that. Because Judas was a good guy. When Judas was put in charge of, uh, of the money bag, he, he was made treasurer of the group. Nobody said, whoa, Judas has a greed problem, Jesus, and uh, we don't think he should be part of the treasurer. Nobody said that. When Jesus sent his 12 disciples out into the, the cities to go knocking on doors and, and tell people about Jesus, about the Messiah, 
Judas went. And through Judas' preaching of the word, people's hearts were changed for Jesus. He was part of the twelve that drove out demons from people. He did miracles. And on the night that Jesus was betrayed, Thursday night, Maundy Thursday, when he's sitting around the table with his twelve disciples, and he served them communion, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, one of you is going to betray me tonight. And not one of them said, It's Judas. I knew it. I told you, Jesus. This guy's trouble. Nobody said that. Instead, do you know what they said? It's not me, is it, Lord? Surely not I. Nobody expected Judas to betray Jesus. But Satan knew that Judas had a price. He just had to figure out what it was. And he was patient. And he observed Judas. And he chiseled away at his heart until he finally figured out what would get Judas to sell out on Jesus. It happened a few days uh, before the section of Scripture we're looking at today. Jesus, during his last week on earth, Monday or Tuesday night, uh, was outside of Jerusalem in a town called Bethany. Bethany was where Mary, Martha, and Lazarus lived, where Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Uh, and so Jesus was there at night, reclining at a table. And a woman came in with a very expensive jar of perfume, uh, in an alabaster jar, we're told, worth a year's worth of wages. Could you imagine buying a, a bottle of perfume for a whole year's worth of salary? That's what this woman had. And she came in, and she came up to Jesus, and she poured it on his head, the whole bottle. Now, we might think, wow, that's a waste. But she was actually doing something uh, very wonderful to Jesus. She was connecting him to the Old Testament, because the only people in the Old Testament who were anointed like this were kings. And so what this woman was saying to Jesus is, I, you're my king, I'm anointing you as my king. That's what this woman was saying. And all the disciples were told were indignant. They were angry about this, especially Judas. And what they said was, hey, this perfume should have been sold and given to the poor. Not wasted by pouring on your head. And yet their concern for the poor was really just a mask to cover up the greed that was in each and every one of their hearts. But that was it. Satan had found Judas' spot. He found the price that Judas was going to take to sell out on Jesus. It's right after this event that Judas leaves. And we pick it up in Matthew chapter 26. Then one of the twelve the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. Judas went to the chief priests. Last week we looked at uh, the chief priests. Caiaphas was his name. He was the pastor of the pastors. Uh, last week we heard that uh, he said, Hey, don't you know that it's better for one man, Jesus, to die than the whole nation perish? And he, 
he thought that was a political prophecy, but really it was from God saying, hey, Jesus is going to die on behalf of all nations here. Judas goes to this guy, and he says, I have a price. I have a price to sell out Jesus. Can you name it? Guess what it is. And so they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver, and Judas began to look for an opportunity to betray God. Judas sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. Today, that would be $20,000, right around there. During that time, it, it was four months' worth of wages. January through April, Judas sold him out for 20000 And so here's my question for you today. What's your price? What's your price to sell out Jesus? Maybe you're sitting there thinking, well, I don't have a price. I wouldn't take anything to sell out Jesus. But if you haven't already filled in the blank, here's the first blank today. The truth is everybody has a price. Everybody has a price to sell out Jesus. And we prove that to be true every time that we sin. Because every time that we sin, Satan offers us something and we buy it and sell out on Jesus. So what's your price? Is it to be liked? Is your price to sell out Jesus uh, to be liked? And so uh, you stop sharing your faith with family and friends because you know they don't like it. And so you're just going to keep quiet. D- does wanting to be liked change the way you act around non-church friends? You, you, you know that in order to fit in with them, they all use really bad language. And so when you're around them, you use really bad language. Does it affect what you post on social media? You want more likes. And so you're going to post things that maybe you shouldn't post, but hey, it gets people to like my posts. A lot more than the the Jesus stuff that I post. Do you sell out on Jesus as you tell stories? You know that uh, if you exaggerate the story just a little bit, uh, tell a little bit of a lie... It'll get some laughs, and so you sell out on Jesus for a few laughs. Do you want to fit in with your your friends, and so you live above your means, and and you mismanage the money that God has given you because you want to fit in. You want to be liked by people. Is your price money? How much does the boss have to pay you so that he can put more and more on your plate so that you neglect your soul? your spouse, your kids. And the thing is, is sometimes we even, uh, we even look at that and we say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm making so much money so that I can provide for my family. And yet, we do exactly what Judas did and, and we let that really mask the greed that's in our hearts. Is it success? Is that what it takes to sell out on Jesus? You knew what you want to be successful in business, and you know that going into business, there'd be ethical decisions that you'd have to make. And now that you're in the business, you know that in order to be successful, you have to make unethical decisions, ones that aren't God pleasing, and yet you're willing to make them and sell out on Jesus because you want success. Do you sell out 
for adrenaline and pleasure. A few clicks of, uh, on the internet. You look at those pictures again, the, those videos once more. And you sell out on Jesus for, for fleeting passion, fleeting pleasure that's here seconds, minutes. You want to know the real scandalous thing? Judas sold out on Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, and yet we sell out for so much less. We sell out for likes, for success, to fit in. Everybody has their price. We all do. Everybody has their price to sell out on Jesus. And when we realize that, when we realize that we've betrayed Jesus, we can respond one of two ways. The first is we can respond like Judas. Do you remember how Judas responded? Matthew chapter 27, when, when, when he, just the next chapter over, when he realized that Jesus was condemned to die, there's no getting out of it, he was going to die, Judas ran back to the chief priest with the 30 shekels of silver, the 30 pieces of silver, and he said, I've betrayed innocent blood. I want to return my purchase and get back my Jesus. And the pastors, the chief priest said, that's your problem, not ours. And then the devil started to talk to, Jesus, or to Judas. And Judas' sinful nature began to talk. And he started to say to himself, God could never forgive you. How could Jesus possibly want you back? You sold Him out when you said you weren't. When you said you weren't going to. How could Jesus ever want to be with you again? And he continued to talk to himself and lie to himself over and over again until he finally despaired. And he ran out and he hung himself. When we realize that we've betrayed Jesus... We can despair like Judas. We, we can think that God doesn't want to be with us. We can think that our sin is too big for Jesus to forgive. We can think that Jesus will never want to be with us again. Or, we can believe the truth that's in God's Word. And that truth is your second point today. Jesus came to buy back all the sellouts. We sell out on Jesus every time we sin. We betray Him. We betray His trust. And yet that's why Jesus came. He came to buy back, to redeem each and every one of us. Whenever you're reading in Scripture and you see the word redeemed, that means purchase. Buy back from sin, death, and the devil. Do you remember a few weeks ago when we looked at uh, Jesus' temptation in the wilderness? Satan came to him and, and, and he offered Jesus some temptations, some enticing temptations. It was as if Satan came to him and he said, Jesus, what's your price? What's the price to give up on God and betray Him and sell out on God? Is it some bread? I know you're hungry. Jesus said, no. Satan said, well, what's your price, Jesus, to sell out on mankind? All these people that don't love you, all these people that, that are going to put you to death, what's your price to sell out on them? Is it no suffering? I can make it happen. Just bow down to me. And Jesus said, no. 
Satan, there is no price that I'm going to take to sell out on God and these people because my love for them is too much. My love for God is too much. My love for these people is too much. And Jesus lived his entire life rejecting every offer that Satan made him. Not as an example for us. Not to be an example, but because we needed a perfect life. And so he lived perfectly for us. In order that he could buy us back, redeem us, to pay the price for us, that he might have us. And we saw what that price was in 1 Peter. Do you remember what it was? Not gold or silver. That's not what you're worth to God. You're not worth money. That's not the price. But it's Jesus' holy and precious blood that He shed on the cross. When He was crucified, just a few days later from this event, each and every one of your sins were forgiven. Each and every one of your sins were paid for. And so the truth for you today is that your guilt is gone. Your sins are forgiven. Even the times that you willingly betrayed Jesus, those sins are gone forever, paid for in full. And so what does this mean for you? This means that when you betray Jesus, because there's going to be times when you do, uh, we're sinful human beings, we sin every day. When we do, we don't need to despair like Judas. Please don't despair like Judas. Because Jesus has paid for each and every one of your sins. Your guilt is gone. Your sins are forgiven. There's no sin too big that Jesus can't forgive you. Jesus is standing with His arms wide open waiting for you to run to Him so that He can wrap His arms around you and tell you that you are loved and accepted by God eternally. The truth is, your guilt is forever gone, your sins are forgiven, and you are eternally loved and accepted by God. Everybody has a price. And Jesus paid the ultimate price to have you as His own. There's nothing you can do to make Him not want to be with you. Because He's already paid the price for it. He's paid the price for you. And so what does this mean for us? Your last point today. Because of Jesus, we are rich. What do I mean by that? Well, Satan, the world, and our sinful selves, they're going to start whispering lies to us. They're going to offer things to us to try to sell out on Jesus. They're going to try to get us to buy what they're offering to sell out on our Savior. And when those times come, we can look at them and say, No, I'm not doing it. I know the price that Jesus paid to have me. I know the price He paid to purchase me, and that was His holy, precious blood. I know the wealth of peace that is guilt-free before God. I know the riches of peace, knowing that my sins are forgiven. I know the, uh, the riches of knowing that when I die, I'm going to rise again because my Savior has. I know the wealth of love and acceptance by God, and, and, and that is too much for me to sell out on. 
That is an incomparable love that God has for me. There's not a price in this world that can get me to sell out because my God's love is incomparable. can't be bought. And so this week as you face those temptations, as you face those offers, remember the price that Jesus paid. Not to make you feel guilty, but to assure you of His love for you. To assure you that He wants a relationship with you so badly that He was willing to pay to have you. May God bless you this week as you grow and you live in that love and forgiveness. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank You for all of Your love for us. We are sorry for the times that we do betray You and that we do sell out and sin. We ask You to forgive us for those times. Uh, And we know You have because that's Your promise to us. You promised that You came to redeem us and that is what You did on the cross. We thank You for that and we ask You to help us to live in this love and forgiveness every single day of our lives. Amen.